0: Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Welcome. So, to start off today, we're going to play a little bit of a conversation I had uh, earlier this week with Neil Young. He has a new album, Peace Trail. It's actually out today. And it's kind of a wild album. It's a mix of some really stripped-down, just guitar, bass, and drum stuff with a little bit of weird electronic voices and some other experimental stuff. It's interesting. And uh, the, con- the conversation, talking to Neil Young, is always a trip. It's uh, There's definitely some uh, tense moments in this interview. There's a couple awkward moments, and I'm just ready to let you guys hear it. So here's me and Neil Young just a couple days ago. Hi, man. Pretty good. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Great. Um, so, this, I uh, I love the, the spare sound of this record. Um, I love the way the arrangements work. I uh, love the songs. I, I was curious... Since you were doing versions of these songs with Promise of the Real, how you chose to obviously get different musicians to do the recorded versions?
1: Well, I did the songs with, uh, with the musicians on the record first. Got it. The record was made before I played the songs with Promise of the Real.
0: Got it. So we were hearing the cover version <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Another view of it, just another view.
0: Got it. Um, so I mean, at the same time, all that said, I mean, you had been collaborating with Promise of the Real before that. So I mean, how did you decide to do Keltner and and the uh, and the bass player you had on there? How did you pick those musicians to, to record this album with?
1: Well, Paul Bushnell and Jimmy Keltner are friends of mine. Jimmy's a really old friend of mine, and they wanted to help me make a record of the songs that I had on my mind. and uh, the boys were out playing. they had the, some of their own gigs. got it. I had studio time booked and I was ready to go. <laughs> made a decision based on the music.
0: Tell me about yeah. writing these songs. I know that you, uh, you know, one of the things that um, other songwriters admire you for, one of the many things really, is your spontaneity and your ability to write quickly and not second guess yourself. I know that Paul McCartney is in awe of your ability to do that, um, and I think you said that you took that to an even further level, like really spontaneous with the writing. So how did how did that work for you on this on this record?
1: Well. Um it's just the way it is. I, I, I just do it that way. You know, i have written half of the songs before we started. I had, you know, at least, uh, you know, a glimmer of what they were going to be like. And uh, so I would just get up in the morning and and uh, pick up my guitar and whatever I did, I that was it. I built a song right on that and just wrote about what was on my mind. And, you know, I've done a lot of records and made a lot of songs and played a lot of guitars. So, you <laughs> know, good to just uh, I just trust myself you know I figure if I can't do it by now why am I even bothering to uh to try <laughs> I mean uh, I don't want to go in there and build something and uh contrive something and work on the on the vocal right it's not the way I want to do it so and I don't make those kind of records and it's that, that, obvious so uh, although I'm not saying that I never will I'm not saying I won't uh, spend a lot of time in the studio like I just did on Earth Earth was a you know I was four months in the studio making that record so uh, that was uh, I really enjoyed that because it was part of my uh, kind of uh, re-entry into the studio world mm. where I live now I, I have a studio nearby so I can just go down there and work in it when I feel like it basically it's uh, it's a good studio and it's great people and a really good sound. And so I, uh, you know, I feel free to do whatever I want to do and I'm confident that uh, uh, I'm not going to, there's nothing to go wrong by trying it.
0: Yeah, so it's Shangri La, Rick Rubin Studio, is that where you stop by? Is that
1: Shangri La, yeah. I've, I've been hanging out there since 1975, so <laughs> I feel comfortable there.
0: Apparently you ran into a, a rapper, uh, Dram or D-R-A-M, and, and uh, collaborated with him. That's been going around for a while. What, what happened with that? Is that real?
1: That was on uh, Earth. Got it. Okay. There's a song called uh, People Want to Hear About Love. It's on Earth. Uh, and uh, a drum sings on that with me.
0: Got it. So there, there, you weren't working on a rap album then? <laughs> That's what people <laughs> people were wondering if, if uh, you know you were getting really experimental there.
1: Well, people really have you know they have the right to have any idea they want to have. That's great about America.
0: <laughs> Speak, speaking of America, um, you. Uh, What I think all of us were were taken by surprise. You called him the surprise. You and Daryl called him the surprise president, uh, surprise president-elect. But but what do you, what do you make of this turn of events, of the election of Trump?
1: Oh, I don't know. What can you make of it? What, who knows? You You know, know, who knows? I wish him the absolute best. I think some of his goals are, are not goals that are my goals. I think there's a lot more people in America that don't want to do some of those things. Uh, but I think he has a refreshing viewpoint for the downtrodden, for the people who have suffered under politics as usual. And it's, it's up to him to show if he can satisfy uh, all of the uh, hopes that he's created in these people, and the things that he said. I I wish him absolutely the best with that. And uh, on the other side of the coin, I hope he fails miserably with all of his bad (laughs) ideas about But, uh, you know, like deciding that some people can come in the country uh, because of one religion and some people have to stay out because of another one. I think those ideas are antiques, and I I think, uh, although I have a great respect for antiques, and I think that they should be, uh, uh, you know, taken care of, (laughs) I don't believe they should be used every day.
0: Uh, Terrorist suicide hang gliders, you obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, nothing's obvious, but... It, I would imagine that that was partly inspired by some of the, the fears that Trump and people like him were stoking on the campaign trail. Correct?
1: Well, Trump has nothing to do with anything that I that directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are who feel like that are are uh, they're there, and uh, and they have to be recognized for who they are and treated like, you know, with some due respect for for their views. But that doesn't mean you have to, to, uh, no one has to agree with them. And we'll fight them everywhere and anytime, at every opportunity. I would imagine that this inauguration day, Mm. there's going to be a lot of action on the streets around the world, but most particularly in this country.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, listen, you know, a lot of people are are, are very scared, you know.
1: Well, I feel like there's a lot of ideas that I don't agree with. Yeah. But that I have a voice, and I know uh, that almost three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton than voted for Donald Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that I would have voted for Hillary Clinton if I had a vote. Right. Canadian. It doesn't mean that. It just means that candidate A beat the hell out of candidate B, but because of the way the system is set up, candidate B won. Right, of course. And candidate B is one of the greatest uh, uh, players and dealers in the game. So he understood the value of certain states and certain things, and their values like on the Monopoly board, what you could do with those if you put together all of them. And he played a very smart game. So we have to respect that there's, you know, there's an intellect at work there that we may not totally understand. And I don't I don't dismiss completely that uh, something good could come of this on some levels. So, uh, you know.
0: That's fair enough
1: like it I don't like any of that stuff and I'll fight everything that uh, uh, that you know that I don't agree with I'll be vocal about it and I'll stand with those who who, who are ag- against it too I mean like a lot of environmental problems seem to be on the horizon with this uh, rear view mirror view and uh, there's no um, you know there's there's things that are more important than a three-month window of profit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and,
1: you know, I think it's up to uh, America and the Electoral College now to decide whether, um, whether the candidate is up to the job. Yeah. And that's what they're supposed to do. So if everything works, then they'll make the right decision, <laughs> and uh, everything will be great. You figure it out.
0: <laughs> uh, this, this album betrays uh, some mixed feelings about technology at, at best, and I thought that was some of the most interesting stuff on the record. I mean wh- uh, you, you, you allude to this, but what do you think iPhones are, are doing to humanity or just you know the idea that people are staring at their phones instead of interacting? you, you kind of reference them on at one point.
1: It's just the landscape. I prefer to talk to people. I like, I like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I don't like holding a phone up to my ear i'm on a speakerphone with you right now where it's leaning up against a piece of wood so you sound better (laughs) and uh so you know that's the way i like to do it i abandoned email uh, a while ago don't do that anymore I, i i use the internet it's a great source of things uh you know finding out information uh watching live streams of of uh actions here and there around the country watching things happen that you never see on regular TV because their sponsorship uh, is all corporate and so corporate controls the news media. So everything you see on Fox or NBC or any of these, you know, whatever they are, I don't even, you know, everything you see there is, is, you know, it's slanted one way or the other. so seeing what the people do is interesting to me. I want to see what the people are doing. I want to see what's really happening without having some watered-down, uh, made-up uh, commentator telling me what they think I should know. I yeah. just like to watch what's really happening. And there's a lot of great activism going on out there. There's there's uh, drone channels. There's, uh, there's people doing live streams. And then there's independent views, uh... Of the world uh, happening.
0: On, uh, oh, sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, not on on my pledge, uh, you the character on my pledge says uh, t- talks about being uh, lost in this generation, uh, left me behind. It seems obviously that's a character, but is that is that ever a way that you feel? Does it reflect any part of your own feelings?
1: I'm a, I'm a spectator. <laughs> I'm not in that new generation. I, I, I'm watching what's happening. I, I'm kind of trying to get a grip on it. Yeah, I, I look at it. What if I just dropped in here from outer space? What would I think? Uh, you know? Remember hula hoops? Everybody had a hula hoop. I don't know if you remember that. This was in the 50s. Of course you don't. But everybody had hula hoops. It was like a craze. Right. And they were all, everybody was doing this for months. You'd see hula hoops everywhere. And it kind of reminds me of that with with bones yeah walking around everybody's got their device they're doing this and that can you imagine that that's going to last really a long time (laughs) I, i don't see it i think something's going to replace that
0: well you know maybe something people probably start jamming something straight into their eyeballs or something you know what i mean
1: well, you know, or use their eyeballs.
0: <laughs> that would be a preferable, yes. <laughs> that you know, might be too much to ask now.
1: we got pretty good equipment on board already.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't need all that shit.
0: <laughs> um,
1: i got people with that shit everywhere around me that could show it to me at the drop of a hat. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I don't, I really, there's so much of it out there, I don't need to have it.
0: What was your uh, takeaway from uh, Playing a desert trip. What, what did what did you think of the whole thing, and, and especially playing with Paul, which you seemed to really enjoy?
1: Um, it was fun. The whole thing was fun. It was great to be there. It was an experience. Uh, you know, we tried to treat it like any regular gig because it really was.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we went to Pomona and played two nights in a theater in pa- Pomona in the middle of the week between those two desert gigs, and and uh, and uh, you know it was. It was good. We just did what we always do. Mm. We didn't try to do a Greatest Hits program or something like that. We did four or five new tunes. We just It's just who we are. That's what we're doing. If they wanted us, they got us.
0: Do you, do you think whatever your next gigs are, we'll be back with Promise of the Real? Have you, Have you thought about that?
1: I hope so. But, but it's hard to see that far into the future. <clears throat> I'm actually uh, just just focusing now on uh, recordings for a while.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, I was going to ask you because it, it, at one point it seemed like you were going to be touring in the early part of next year, and then it looks like you've pulled back from that. Is is that to focus on the studio? Is that the idea?
1: I I got a lot of things going on right now. I'm you know I'm writing. I've have got I've got a. Um, uh, a series on, uh, you know, a television series that I'm working on that's uh, uh, about my uh, adventure, the adventures of my electric car crossing North America, which is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we're working on that. And as a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing uh, later today here. Uh, I'm in Colorado, and we're doing some uh, reviewing. Um, but, uh, you know, I've got a lot to do without touring, and I toured a lot the last four or five years I really toured a lot and I just got to a point where I thought I'd take a break and uh, focus on things that will uh, will endure like making a really uh, making a studio record and uh, you know when that uh, uh, you know I, I enjoy doing that right now I got a good place to do it I got a great band I got Promise of the Real
0: and we've already started on making the record, so. Ah, okay. So, the, you, you're literally already recording your next record.
1: Halfway finished.
0: Holy shit, and with Promise of the Real, that's very exciting. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and would you, do, is the idea to put that out fast to, to really speed, to, to go on, do it the old-fashioned there's no, way? there's
1: no idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's
1: no idea. When the record is finished, we're going to put it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: it out or the worst time to put it out but that's when it's coming out
0: <laughs> i mean that's you listen in the you know in the 60s and i mean people people didn't wait as long between records that's a modern idea that people should wait a long time between records you know as you know
1: yeah well you know like i don't know when all that happened
0: <laughs> what, what I didn't is
1: have th- time. <laughs> i didn't have time to wait that long <laughs>
0: And you're listening to Rolling Stone Music Now That was uh, me and Neil Young chatting We're going to have a little bit more of that In a bit uh, But first we're going to take a break and We'll be right back Uh, we've been playing some of my very recent conversation with neil young and we're about to play some more my favorite parts are the long pauses before each question uh, when i ask a question and then before the answer there's like a good five second pause it's it's if you can imagine conducting the interview there's something really panic inducing about that uh pause but anyway uh in this next part i start out by asking neil about the future of pono which is his um his high definition music device and service actually more of you know it's been a download store. It sounds like it's about to shift direction. So here's the rest of my interview with Neil Young. What is the future of, of Pono in your mind?
1: It's a good, good future. I'm, uh, we're, we're setting up right now, uh, our partnerships for a Pono high res streaming service. Oh, wow. And, uh, and when we get our streaming service up, we're going to reemerge, uh, as a streaming service and a, uh, high res download, uh, Offer you know that's what we do that's our service you can we provide the best that's available full resolution uh, music great sounding music and uh, we're pushing towards uh, getting uh, a presence in in uh, phones and being able to be uh, part of large partnerships that will enable us to uh, share the sound of high res and hear people have people experience the sound of high res. Uh, in music, like they have in television.
0: To be clear, you want its going to be streaming, not just title, which is just the C- CD quality 44. You—you you mean true high-res, po- full Pono level streaming is the idea?
1: That if the if the track is available that way, we will be able to stream it that way, Fit perfect. Uh,
0: well, I'm very excited about that. I mean, there's obviously some—you'd comp- you'd have to figure out. There's some you'd have to do lossless compression, right, to to get the stuff.
1: No, we're no? not doing lossless compression.
0: Ah, oh, okay. You just
1: but we are doing we're doing another technology, uh, and uh, we have a partnership that's uh, that we're setting up right now with a company from Singapore that uh, that will enable us to do this. Uh, and uh, so we we uh, we want to maintain our quality uh, our quality um, level when we go to streaming and uh i think we can and if you have the bandwidth you can get the full frequency the full everything if you don't have the bandwidth your app will show you what you're what you're missing you may have gone from 192 down to 48 or from you know you might right. have uh you might have even less than half of the of the uh resolution that you could have but you'll be able to with the, with our service you'll be able to to move around and there won't be any break in the music, but the resolution of the sound will change and you'll be able to tell what happens when you look at your screen. And that will educate people as to the difference between high-resolution music and, uh, you know, uh, regular streaming-level music, which would be the bottom level for for our streaming service. If there was very weak signal, that's all we could do. But we'll be sending it all out there and... Uh, Getting uh, in under ideal circumstances, we'll get per- bit perfect uh, playback.
0: That's exciting. The,
1: uh, we've yes. done tests with it. We've taken the analog, we've taken recordings of the uh, of the stream, and recordings of our original Pono uh, in 192, uh, you know, the highest resolution that we sell, and we've compared them on, uh, you know, and they faced each other out and disappeared. That means there's no difference between the two of them. Wow. And that's the physical proof of it is if they disappear
0: Right you it's the same. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the same. That means they phased out. Now you can't do that with lossless compression because there's so much difference between you know and if you try to do it with anything else, of course it just shows up that there's still so much, there's so much crap in the mp3 that has nothing to do with music it's just white noise and filler and everything and that uh you know it's not uh, you know that's the lowest level and that's that's where we are right now so i would really like to change that but I, I love the i love our concept of streaming uh because we can we can present everything at the highest resolution we can get it at and uh sometimes that'll be full resolution all the way up to 192.24 Sometimes it'll be CD. That's up to the record companies and the artists, got what it. they fight us with. I mean, they're free to make whatever quality they want.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Their product.
0: Wanted to, the, the line on Show Me that, I, you know, has got, gotten attention uh, in concert and people have asked you about uh, when the women of the world are free to stand up for themselves. Have you had a, a feminist awakening recently, Neil? Is this something that you've given a little more thought to recently?
1: Well, I'm always in touch with my feminine side, you know. I've always tried to maintain that. But
0: that, <laughs> well, that's one thing. But also feminism, and you know, thinking about women's rights, and, and that. It, it, <laughs> how how about on that front? Is that something you've you've been you've thought more about recently?
1: Well, you know, I never even thought much about it when I wrote the song. Uh, it just came to mind. I just uh, I just said, you know, I wrote a couple of verses about Standing Rock. And then, uh, you know, I had another verse, and I, I wasn't anywhere near finished. And so I, I just wrote it down, you know. When the women of the world uh, are free to stand up for themselves and the promises made, stop gathering dust on the shelves. You know, show me.
0: Um. The other, another moment about technology on the record is "Powering On," which is, uh, you know, like a a, 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 it's, it's creepy that song. Uh, it, it freaked me out. <laughs>
1: hey man, it sounds like Jimmy Rogers. That song. Sure. It's an old country song, didn't you? At the beginning, it's, it's like, wow, Neil's really gone back to the '50s. <laughs>
0: I think that's why I was uh, taken aback. I, I nearly, <laughs> I nearly jumped out of my seat. Um, but uh, so a new robot. <laughs> so so what's what's the thinking there? Is it is it just about uh, the the creepiness of of this this roboticized technolo- technologically dominated future? Is that the idea there?
1: Well, you know, I kind of get sick when I think about logging on. Yeah. There's something repulsive about it. I, I don't feel good about it anymore.
0: Hmm.
1: No, I, I lived that way for a while, and, and I really, I couldn't figure out why I was uh, basically unsatisfied and unhappy, and I realized, hey, I'm spending a lot of time sitting here doing this. Yeah. I'm missing, you know. Grass is growing, you know. trees <laughs> are blowing in the wind, the sky is changing. <laughs> People are talking to me. Well, look at that person. All of those things. I miss that. You know, I, I miss the animals. I miss everything real. So I realized that, you know, uh, virtually uh, I was I, I was just kind of living uh, without living. Yeah. And uh, it just didn't make any sense. It, it, it's not satisfying. So I think what I'm getting at, there's a certain sickness to it in the end. It's kind of nauseating, uh, although it's funny. So, all I did was take things that are already there. Yeah. I used Samsung phone. I used voices from my Apple computer. I I wrote the lyrics into the computer, and then Jimmy and I worked out the timing of the way they the the lyrics fall and where they fall on the beat, and then we just hit the button and it did it. <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know we 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 just we're using technology. Uh, uh, to tell a story of how technology is 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 sometimes not serving us.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's supposed to. Technology is supposed to serve the people. That was the goal of technology. That's the goal of this whole thing. And uh, I don't like this surveillance. I don't like the cloud. I don't like any of this. I don't like everybody to know where I am all the time. <laughs> I don't like the idea that this phone call is being listened to in Utah. Yeah. I, I don't like or, or could be. You know if uh, if some you know, god forbid if we got a crazy president decided to deport me because i was too loud yeah who the hell knows what's going on i don't know so i i, <laughs> I, I figure we uh, we just got to uh, make a statement of some kind you can never get you can never get out of the eye yeah the eye is watching you all the time anyway yeah every time i i tried to get a phone that that, that wasn't connected to the internet you can't yeah. And if you're connected to the Internet, every time you make a call, it's recorded.
0: Yeah, I don't even like thinking about it, to be honest, but yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah. You know, that's, where, that's where we're at. So yeah. I'm going, this isn't all as great as, hey, you know, tell me where you are, and I'll tell you what stores are near you. <laughs>
0: what, what, is the, uh, what, what thought have you given to the, the future of Crazy Horse? I know those guys would like to do at least one more tour with you.
1: Crazy Horse has a huge future. Listen, the future is she is gigantic. <laughs> no one knows the limits of the future. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I think we're all in the same future. <laughs> Me, Crazy Horse, Promise of the Real, Jimmy Keltner, Paul Bushnell, uh, every other band in the world, and everybody else. <laughs> We're all in
0: it. <laughs> to, well, to make it less abstract and specific, I mean, is, is Billy up to playing? Have you talked to him? Is that? I mean, just to, to make fine, he's
1: great.
0: That's great to hear, actually. Seriously, yeah, no,
1: Billy's in great shape. He's fine. That's great. No, we we just uh, you know we have a cycle. Yeah. Crazy Horse has a cycle. If you if you look at Crazy Horse's history and when Crazy Horse played and when they didn't play, you can see that we're still in the pocket. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is, it, 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 it's, uh, I see it as like almost like you're uh, on a revolving and you just have to revolve back to them, I guess, <laughs> in my mind, at least, that, you know, it just has to get there.
1: Well, however you want to track it. <laughs> okay.
0: And I mean, the same, I, I, it seemed, is, is, is CSNY, do you think there's a big anniversary coming up? Could you ever see that happening again? Oh,
1: yeah. There's a huge anniversary coming up. It's huge. <laughs> it's terrific.
0: Yeah. So with, i love it. <laughs> do, is, is that something you could imagine happening again, playing with those guys?
1: Anything is possible. I wouldn't close the door on anything, literally.
0: That's uh, yeah. And what, how would you sum up this? You know, how would you sum up this time of, of your life and career? You, you really, you seem optimistic. You seem energetic. I mean, but but uh, where's your head at? Well, how do you see this time of your life?
1: I see a lot of love.
0: Yeah. And, which means
1: what you saw.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: What you just described—that's the result of love. That's the result of having uh, a, a group of people around you that love you and support you and and uh, make you feel good about yourself and help to do things and go by your side talk about things you know work with you try to make things happen allow you to help them do things all of those things they' all it's all love it's a great thing the more love the better
0: it doesn't I don't it doesn't seem like retirement is something that uh, <laughs> is even a, a word that's in your vocabulary
1: well we were just talking about it a few minutes ago we really were yeah um, yeah. You know, it takes many forms.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, right. So, you, I mean, you can, you can, the nice thing is you do so many different things musically, and not that you can do this thing like you're not, maybe you're going to take some time off in the road and do different stuff, and that's, and then change, and then, you know, maybe 2000. Do you think that the entire year of, of 2017 you might be off the road? Is it going to go that far?
1: Well, I've heard that's possible. Mm. That might happen because, uh, you know, I have a lot of things to do. But I wouldn't predict anything because, uh, uh, you know, it's like sand, you know, sifting sands. You really can't tell what's going to happen. Fortune tellers are going to be, as soon as they're discovered, you know, they'll be out of work. (laughs) Last question, please, Brian.
0: Yeah, no. um, I mean, you you did, you met with Trump, uh, you know, rich guy trying to get, I guess it's about Pono a while back. Did anything in that meeting contribute to your whatever optimism you might have about him
1: well you know he's come to a lot of my shows over the years
0: yeah he's a fan and, uh, no doubt I
1: found that to be it was nice to see him out there grooving you know I could see him in the audience having a good time like everybody else um, you know he uh, I didn't know some of the views that he has but he's he's a human being he's got a he's got his way of looking at things and uh, uh, you know I what was the question again? You can have that question again. Because okay. I, no, I mean, because you... I, I, I lost I bo- this golden tower. I got <laughs> caught my foot on the escalator or something. I don't know what happened.
0: Uh, no, I was just asking about... Because you did meet with him, I think, about maybe investing with in Pono or something like that.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to make music great again. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, Don, let's make music great again. <laughs> no, this was about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, half ago, I don't know, something like that, yeah, maybe it was three years ago, I don't know, Uh, longer, yeah, I guess it was about two years ago, something like that. Um, Yeah,
0: if only you could have distracted him a little more, yeah. No
1: idea, obviously, I can't remember it, so, but it was a while ago, Pono was just getting started, and we needed some money, and I thought that uh, it would be, you know, I, I looked at him, and here's a guy who cares about his legacy, maybe he'd want to be someone who was responsible for restoring the art of recorded sound. Right. You no, know, he's a great, uh, uh, he has a great uh, uh, reputation or voice, uh, so to say, uh, you know, in his own business. Uh, he's like, he's very unique. He does things differently. He does a lot of things that people say are shaky. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't researched into everything he's done. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people who are fascinated with him. You can tell he's a fascinating individual. Everybody is, is writing about him all the time. Yeah. The press couldn't get enough of him during the campaign. You know? So I'm just like, damn, I wanted, I said, man, maybe this guy can help us. Maybe this guy will help Pono, make music great again.
0: Well, it's too bad you no, couldn't I, have gotten him, yeah. I'm
1: not suing him or anything. I won't sue Don Trump. I won't sue him for taking that.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, Neil, I will let you go. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, thanks.
0: All right, have a good one. Heard me chatting with Neil Young for a bit, and now I have with me not Neil Young, but Andy Green from Rolling Stone. Hello, Andy Green, and hi there, Brian. How you doing? I'm good. Um, so, Neil, I mean, it, it, the interesting thing is he didn't record this new album with his awesome backing band, which is is who? Tell me, tell me about the backing which band, which
2: is Promise of the Real, which is Lucas Nelson and like Micah Nelson, the sons of Willie Nelson, and their band. And he met them; it was just randomly at Farm Aid three years ago. And they came out, they played rocking in the free world, and that was, uh, that was enough to become his band for the next three years. Well, the, the funny thing is, uh, at the office, the day after that happened, yeah. we
0: all were like, watch this, they're going to become his new touring <laughs> band, because we sort of know about how yeah. Will's MO works.
2: Yeah, and their timing was very fortunate in that he had no band at that moment, that CSNY was done, Crazy Horse was on a break because of Billy Tablet's stroke, Ben Keith had passed away, he had no band. So he found this band that's actually great yeah. and it was a really, it was the start of a very good period for him.
0: My impression, he says that he didn't use Promise the Real on this new album because they weren't available. It, yeah. it may be that that's a, a polite fiction and actually he just wanted this more spare sound that he has on here.
2: Yeah, I think that with this band, it's real studio pros and Promise the Real are are awesome, but they're not quite as slick as these guys.
0: And sometimes, yeah, and obviously Neil has distinguished between the sort of rough road band of a, of a crazy horse and the kind of studio guys he might use on a harvest. You know, it's he has, in his mind, and I think that's one of the, the things that have, has made Neil a great maker of records is that he understands who you use for different kinds of music. He doesn't just force crazy horse to try to do the acoustic record, you
2: know? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. And this is Neil back in his real mellow mode. Which is nice to hear again. So it's not, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's not like harvest mellow, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how, nope. how mellow it is, Andy. I, don't, okay. I think it's kind of. I think it's mellowish,
0: but there's a yeah. lot of electric guitar. It's yeah. not. It's, it, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. But uh, and with some some deeply odd moments as well as I, as I told Neil. I mean, the, there's one track that I listened to that uh, the final track that has all these electronic voices on it, um, and it I I was kind of like I was listening to it at nighttime, kind of before I went to sleep and I was I was getting pretty sleepy and, and then um and then the, 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 these insane electronic voices like knock me out of my seat. So be careful yeah. listening to this record. Uh, what did you make of Neil's answer about Crazy Horse? Which is that he said for those who hadn't been listening he, he said that <laughs> first he had a sort of um sarcastic answer about the future's unlimited for every band on earth. Right. right. Um and then I made him get specific and it, it sounded like he thinks there's plenty of time to play with Crazy Horse.
2: Yeah, I sort of worry about that. I'm a Crazy Horse Partisan. Yeah. They're my favorite band that he's ever worked with. It's incredible. All three guys are still around and fine. Um, but he says there's time. They're in a cycle. These are men in the early 70s now. Playing some of the
0: most ferocious, yeah. right. physical...
2: And he was saying 15 years ago he wasn't sure about Crazy Horse in the future because of, of his hearing and the energy it takes. Now that he's 71... I, as a Crazy Horse fan, am a little worried that by the time that he comes back to wanting them, they'll, he'll be too old for it. Right. It, it seems like he's refusing to do that math, which is kind of admirable in a way. It's admirable, but lots of other people, if you talk to Tom Petty or Springsteen, they're very aware of the, the limitations of their age and trying to get things done when they can.
0: Right. It, they end up sort of pushing off the acoustic thing because they figure, hey, man, I can do the acoustic thing right. anytime, but uh, maybe I should rock out now while I'm, you know, on my yeah. feet.
2: Yeah. So I am definitely hoping that he comes that. He goes back to the horse in like in like a year or so and just one more glorious tour
0: i think for the last part of this show we're going to talk about uh greg lake who just passed away and was a really key figure in prog rock and i think we've said that one of the credits that he doesn't get credit for enough is, uh, is, is being on the amazing first King Crimson record. Right? And, and that, that's his voice on 21st Century Schizoid Man, which, by the way, sounds so badass. It's such a cool song. It's yeah. the song that, of course, Kanye sampled for power.
2: Right. And this album is basically the Big Bang of prog rock. Yeah. It gave birth to the 70s in so many ways. <laughs> to <laughs> where would the disco, 70, where would disco to 70s with... Prague, I okay. should say, which okay. was all birthed out of this. If you, if you talk to the guys in Yes or in Genesis, they pointed this as the one that just changed their whole mindset about music, right. and he was a key part of it, and he sang every song, and because the band dissolved so quickly, and Fripp continued, and Robert Fripp, their guitarist, he carried on, he kept changing members, sort right. of like Lake's role in it is sort of forgotten. Yeah, it's and it, it's weird, because because he's part of Emerson Lake and Palmer there's a yeah. there's a, there's a certain right. taint upon him and poor Emerson Lake and Palmer I mean <laughs> I spoke to Greg and even he is not a big fan of of some of the group's work they be, they came to embody everything bad about 70s stadium rock and, and prog rock wait and your argument
0: is that um, early ELP is good right
2: It's much better than latter-day stuff, but then those first few albums are very strong. I would argue It's just it got so bombastic and like every punk band would just cite them as the reason that they became a punk band And every rock documentary would just make fun of them and that they were just like attacked by everybody But Craig if you hear lucky man, it's a beautiful song I mean and the funny thing is when you talk to him he he isn't he himself
0: is not pretentious, is not pompous. Yeah. But, th- th- right, I mean, that's the
2: that's the thing. Yeah, I talked to him three years ago, I didn't know what to expect, but from the minute he got on the phone, he was cracking me up, he was super self-aware, he was self-deprecating, he sort of understood his role in, in history, and and the perception of him, and was just laughing about it. He was a really great guy. Well, that's often, that's makes things so much easier when
0: you interview someone is if they're self-aware. If yes. they understand their place and things and don't have a, a wildly different idea of who they are than what the world thinks Right, they, you know? and
2: I've rarely talked to artists who tell me about their own albums they hate, but <laughs> he was saying works volume one was horrible, then after that it was a disaster, and we got up our own asses, and we had three different orchestras on this tour and our own doctor, and we looked like turkeys on stage. I mean, he was just <laughs> willing to talk about all of it, because if you see footage of them in like nineteen. 19- 78 playing a stadium. They look ridiculous. And and like Keith Emerson, who died a few months ago, and you know, he got committed suicide it was really awful. He was sick. Yeah. But if you look at the keyboard he's playing, he's playing the stack of like seven all lined up. I mean <laughs> and he's wearing some crazy robe or something. I mean it's like he's like a wizard or something. Yeah. But Greg he was so talented that when the Who needed a bass player in 04, they brought him in. Yeah. And he's not even primarily a bass player. No. No. <laughs> so. And he was great. He, he was in Ringo's all-star band for years. He would sing in the court of the Crimson King. Uh, he would sing Lucky Man. He would play guitar on uh, the Yellow Submarine. I mean, he <laughs> <laughs> was willing to do whatever. And what really haunted him, what he talked about to me, mm-hmm. what he was upset about, was that ELP just didn't tour they broke up in 79 they reformed briefly with a different drummer in the mid 80s pal so they were elp but with a different p <laughs> <laughs> do you think that was a requirement uh, they, for that member they swear that they didn't even realize until after cozy Powell's <laughs> and awesome was hired that they're still elp but it was a really it was it was it, it was like suspicious. wanted a a like prog rock drummer that is fantastic but his last name starts with p <laughs> and they and they got one uh then they reformed briefly in the 90s they broke up in 98 and Greg wanted to keep doing shows but they refused they just didn't like each other so he was sort of cast aside from the oldies world for a very long time he couldn't really be Greg Lake if it wasn't if, if he wasn't playing with Keith right and Carl and he wanted King Crimson to do something he wanted he thought that the first lineup they should reunite and play the first album
0: yeah that would have been so cool it would have been yeah.
2: incredible but Robert Fripp has no interest in it. And strangely enough, a few months ago, he started playing in the court of the Crimson King at at his concerts, which he didn't touch it in like 45 years or something. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. But not with Lake, with his current lineup (laughs) of the band. It's it's interesting I and mean, what what would you um
0: what would you tell someone who isn't f- super familiar with Greg Lake? What, what would you tell them to listen to to, to get a, a good idea and and to find something that they might actually like despite the preconceptions well
2: I think the first King Crimson record. I think I think anybody sure. can like that I mean yeah, it's, it's sort per- of
0: the hipster prog record let's face it, it
2: know? is and you can hear and It's very heavy. There's like cream type like guitar and bass on it. It's really aggressive and the first couple records by uh, E.L.P. Uh-huh. What makes them good and the later stuff not? The songs were shorter. It was less bombastic. They, you know, I think Prague in like 72 was very different than Prague in like 78. It, yeah. It got way over the top. And, you know, if a, if a song is like 30 minutes long, it's often not going to be great, with a few big exceptions. But when they started out, they were more of an art band, and it was really cool little songs.
0: There's a decent chance that Yes might get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. Um, is there ever a chance that Emerson, Lake, and Palmer will get into the Rock and well, Roll King
2: of Fame? Well, King Crimson aren't in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's, yeah. And if they'd gotten in before he died, they could have reunited they they've been played since 1969. Yeah. If they could have had the original King Crimson play, it would have been great. And the Hall of Fame they're just they've been very slow with prog bands. Let's yes. put it that way. But
0: it's it's starting. Genesis, right. Rush, but they brought, maybe yes, yeah. yeah.
2: And all three of those were groups that had pop hits in the 80s. Right. And uh and like King Crimson as <laughs> awesome as they are, they they had no new wave period. They they had no owner of a lonely heart type period. <laughs> it, yeah. So I'm just
0: trying to. I'm laughing because yeah. I'm trying to imagine that. I'm trying to imagine Fripp trying to write, get, write a, a pop hit. It um, sounds
2: crazy, but if you look at early at the 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 very early 80s, you had Asia's Heat of the Moment. <laughs> you had yes, they had Owner of a Lonely Heart. Yeah. You had Genesis with all these pop hits. So yeah, and you had Rush with Tom Sawyer and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Ken King, King and missed that, but I noticed you skipped over, so Emerson Lincoln Palmer you think will never be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
2: If they're still around, if they're still doing Hall of Fame in like 30 years maybe, it's just it's just the critics hate them. Yeah, yeah, they so, symbolize, I mean, yeah.
0: like you said, in, in every documentary, yeah. when when they have to explain why punk is coming, it'd be like, Rock had grown pompous, and then, yeah. <laughs> then they show them in like 40-foot capes and like, mm, you know, right, yeah. Yeah. Who, they weren't the ones who had the ice skating tour, though. They're,
2: they're, that was Rick Wakeman. That was King Arthur on Ice <laughs> in 1975. He left Yes to do King Arthur on Ice.
0: <laughs> I feel that King Arthur on Ice is probably the greatest moment of rock and roll history. You ever. should I, I just, just you should go
2: that. onto YouTube and watch this stuff. It is hysterical.
0: We recommend, yes, that, that is the rec, you know, um, and RIP Greg Lake, but also go and watch King Arthur on, on Ice and, and tribute to the general uh, genre of Prague. Yes. Anyway, so this has been. Uh, Rolling Stone Music Now. We'll be back next Friday at 1 p.m. In the meantime, please go to rollingstone.com slash podcasts and download all of our episodes or do it wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here.